0: We are back with another episode of the Blake Pace Podcast. And man, I'm ready for week four. We're here Friday afternoon. I wanted to get in here a little bit earlier, but Lil Wayne came out with some music last night. So I had to devote a few hours uh, late last night at midnight um, and then a few more this morning. But we're here. We're back. We're ready for another episode. Um, we're going to, you know, make some picks for this weekend's set of games, um, you know, against the spread. Who's going to win? <clears throat> who's going to win? Excuse me. I got a few um, locks. I'm gonna start this thing. You know, my my you know best bets of the week um, against the spread. But first, we're gonna start off with a Thursday night football recap. We just saw the Rams and the Vikings, and probably was what was one of my favorite games of the season so far. The Rams won 38 to 31. I expected the Rams to win. It was a little bit closer than I did think um, we would see from these two teams, um, especially after Minnesota. You know, nothing is going right in their, in uh, you know the last week for them. You lose a ton to the Bills. You lose Everson Griffin for whatever is going on with him. Of course, we all wish that he, you know, gets right and figures out what he needs to figure out before he gets back onto the football field, but that's a major loss for the Minnesota defense. You know, certain defenses don't really evolve around one player, but this Vikings front line isn't really much without Everson Griffin there, and I think that that's a huge loss for them this early in the season. Um... You know, of course, looking at the other side of things, the Rams did play Marcus Peters. He wasn't at 100%. I think you saw that, um, you know, whether it was against, you know, uh, Thielen or Diggs. um, Both of those receivers had a pretty good time against him last night. Um, You know, Akeem Talib also was out. Sam Shields, you saw him get burned a few times as well. Um, But at the end of the day, the Rams are still the best team in football. You saw their pass rush finally come alive with Sue and Donald each getting a sack late in the game. Um, you know, the Rams are just, you know, they're the best coach team in the league right now. Um, they have the best, you know, the most talented roster and I think, you know, Minnesota gave it its best. And, you know, at the end of the day, the Rams got a lot from Jared Goff. I was thoroughly impressed with his play. I know after his rookie year, it was a little bit concerning, um, where, he, what direction he was going to go in. And you saw a lot of improvement last year. Um, In his first year with McVay, it seemed, though, that he was playing a little more to the system. He was playing safe. He was getting familiar with the offense. And now this year, it's just the perfect storm of the offense and Jared Goff, you know, just taking shots. I mean, he had some amazing throws, uh, finding, you know, Cooper Cup in the back corner of the end zone, you know, around two Vikings defenders. Brandon Cooks, deep shot into the end zone. I mean, you know, Jared Goff played brilliantly. Um, you know, he threw what? Completed 26 of 33 for 465 and 5 touchdowns. Meanwhile, you know, the the greatest thing about about this team is that, you know, running back position, you can get worn down pretty heavily by the end of the year. Um, you know, if, if you're running a bell cow, you know, running back into the ground, um, you know, they're more likely for injury. But Todd Gurley, you know, 17 carries you know, that's totally fine. I'll take that from Todd Gurley in week four. If I can have him late in the year when things tighten up and I need to be more aggressive in the ground game, still got 83 yards, almost five yards of carry. And you know, it's nice to see that they don't need to rely on Gurley to do a ton in the passing and running game. I know he had that huge um, screen down the field. Of course, controversial play there when i um, You know, there was a block in the back on the Rams offensive lineman. And, you know, you saw in the replay him literally put both of his hands on the back of the defender and gave Gurley a couple extra yards. They picked up the flag for whatever reason. I'm not sure. Um, But, you know, it was a brilliant game for all wide receivers as well. Cooper Cup had an amazing game. 162 yards, two touchdowns. Brandon Cooks, 116. Robert Woods, 101. Each of those guys with touchdowns. Of course, Gurley also had the uh, receiving touchdown on the day. This team is rolling, you know. I don't think that you can uh, you can say right now that there's a better team than Los Angeles Rams. If you look at every level of play, I know they're a little banged up at corner right now, um, but and you know linebacker isn't that strong. But you know when you get Aaron Donald two sacks, Sue got two uh, got one sack. Um, you know their their D line is strong. Their offensive line looked good um, against a Vikings pass rush that can be you know you know you didn't get it at its best without Everson Griffin. But you saw, you know, them hold their own. You didn't need Gurley that much. All the receivers looked on. Jared Goff played phenomenal. I think that might be the best game I've ever seen from Jared Goff. His throws were on point the entire night, and this team is rolling. I know at the beginning of the year I, I thought that you know the Saints are a likely team to make it far into the into the playoffs, maybe into the Super Bowl if all their rookies could hit again. But I don't know how you can bet against the Rams to win it all right now. They're the most complete team. Um, their quarterback doesn't look like a young quarterback just trying to figure out the offense right now. He has a full grasp on what this offense is. McVeigh has done a great job coaching them up, and this is a team that is ready to contend this year and on the flip side of things, I know you know Minnesota did a pretty good job keeping this game close, only losing by a touchdown um they actually you know they pushed um against the spread it was a seven point spread ended up being a push um but I think what you saw from Minnesota. Um, you know, it, it still is concerning to me. You know, Dalvin Cook, 10 rushes, 20 yards. You know, you use Latavius Murray for two rushes, two yards. The leading rusher was Kirk Cousins because he had that one breakaway long rush. Um, you know, the receiving game is still great. Adam Thielen and Diggs, um, you know, Thielen with 135 and a touchdown, digs with 123. You have Cal Rudolph, you know, 57 yards on the day. You know, the surprise of the day who ruined some fantasy C teams was Aldrich Robinson with his two touchdowns, uh, you know, took some away from Diggs and Thielen and Rudolph. Um, the You know, the receivers aren't the concern for me. Um, The running game is. I, I thought the offensive line did not do a good job at creating some holes for Cook <clears throat> or uh, Murray as well. Um, So, you know, Cook also hasn't, you know, looked like he's back to 100%. And he looked great at the beginning of last year, then tore his ACL. On his way back, I'm, I, I need to see a little bit more from him to kind of trust him running this offense as the as the feature running back. But also, you know, you have to take into account that they were playing from behind for a majority of the game. So, you know, you couldn't get him much out of Cook. You couldn't get him into a rhythm. Only 10 carries. You want to see him run more. Um and so I think that might also be a reason why, but also the offensive line did not look that great. So, I have a few concerns. Um and then my biggest concern, what Kirk Cousins are we going to see this year? You know, if you take a look at what he's done so far this season in his four games, it seems like he only shows up against big-time opponents. And, I, you know, it, this is a small sample size this year, um, and you can look back at Washington and figure out what happened there. Um, but if you take a look at him so far this year, his two worst games were against the 49ers and the Bills. You know, against the 49ers, completed 55% of his passes Um, You know, a quarterback rating of 95.1. And then against the Buffalo Bills, when they got shellacked, he still completed, you know, 72% of his throws, had a touchdown, had a few fumbles, um, was sacked four times, and then the quarterback rating was 86.3. Then you take a look at the games against the Packers in Week 2 and last night's game as well. Um, You know, Week 2, 73 uh, completion percentage with 425 yards, four touchdowns, a quarterback rating of 118.8. Last night, 72 completion percentage, 422 yards, 3 touchdowns, 117.2 quarterback rating. It kind of seems like he only rises up to the challenge when he, there are teams that he should be playing, that like mean more to the season. I mean, the 49ers, he came out slow. Buffalo, he got shellacked. I think he might he might be taking these easier games in his schedule a little more lightly and not showing up as much, and then they kind of just look unimpressive. Um so I have a concern with Kirk Cousins, which one we're going to see. Hopefully we see more of the one from last night and from week two against Green Bay. Because, man, when Kirk Cousins is on, he is on. His throws were – he looked amazing last night. It's unfortunate that they have only walked away from those two games against Green Bay and the Rams with a tie and a loss. I mean, that's very unfortunate that you you have your quarterback play to such a high level and you can't get a win. Um, but if you look at the rest of the season – they play at Philadelphia next week. Hopefully he rises up to that. But the week six and seven, he's against Arizona and the Jets. Are What, what quarterback are we going to see from him? You know, What quarterback are we getting out of Kirk Cousins? I need to see more from him to kind of have faith that this is a team that can contend. Because he can make up for a lot of other issues that the Vikings may have. But if he's not on, we've seen you know weeks one and weeks three that this team is going to struggle to beat teams and could get surprised by a few teams later in the season all in all, it was, it was a good Thursday night game. I definitely enjoyed it. It was sitting on my couch all night. Um, we've actually had a lot of good Thursday night games so far this year, which is, you know, last week we had uh, the Browns-Jets. That was a great game as well, Baker's debut. Two weeks ago we had the uh, Bengals-Ravens, which was a, a high, you know, an intense game. And then week one as well, it was a little bit of a sloppy game, but Philadelphia-Atlanta was a really good game as well. So I'm enjoying these Thursday night games. Maybe they, you know, you get rid of the color rush jerseys and, you know, the games become better. <laughs> There's no correlation there at all. But um, I mean, I, I liked what we got from Thursday, and if it's a if it's a sign for what we're getting Sunday and Monday, I'm very excited for this week's slate of games. So now we're gonna go and we're gonna look at the upcoming week um, you know Sunday and Monday's games. We're gonna break down each game one by one, and we're gonna look. We're gonna bet against the spread. Um, you know, we're going to kind of give a look at the injuries, what we think about the games, what, and then I'm going to give you my pick on not just the spread, but who I think is going to win. Um, and we're, th- this is kind of just going to be what our Friday episode is. We're going to look at Thursday night. I don't like betting on Thursday night games. I kind I try and stay away from them, even though last night I, I did have to go in on a few, but in general, you know, I like to stay away from the Thursday night games because you never know what's going to happen. Teams traveling, um, you know injuries who's getting healthy a full week to without a full week to game plan there's a lot it's a it's a toss-up on Thursdays so Friday shows we're gonna bet against the spread I'm gonna give you my picks for the upcoming week we're also gonna recap the Thursday night game we've got that out of the way so let's let's dive right into things first up one o'clock game we're going to Jacksonville where the Jets are taking on the Jags the line is set as Jets are seven and a half point underdogs. Um, If we want to look at the injuries for this game, for the Jets, we might be getting the debut of Marcus May, which is nice. He was limited in practice this week. Um, Not too many other injuries from from the rest of the team. Uh, uh, Let's see, Terrell Pryor was limited as well. Um, It looks like Buster's screen. We're not sure if he's going to be playing as well. Um, But then you look at the Jaguars. They also don't have that many injuries. I mean, Joshua Lambeau, their kicker, didn't participate. Um, But, you you know, Leonard Fournette, Limited, hopefully we get to see a full game out of him. Um, he His game status is still up in the air. But for both teams, relatively a healthy week um, for the Jets and the Jaguars. And you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just place um, – I'm going to tell you what I'm picking. I'm picking the Jets to cover the 7.5-point spread. I am picking the Jaguars to win the game. Um, my kind of breakdown with this is that, you know – <laughs> This one scares me. If I'm betting, I'm not putting a ton of money on this game. This is one that I kind of would want to stay away from, um, especially when you saw, you know, the the Jaguars are easily the better team. They're one of the best teams in football. But you see how they can screw up games like last week when they fall to the Titans 9-6. to um, You know, this could be a game where it, it's close too, and, and it looks like, you know, the Jets are going to cover. But then Sam Darnold has, you know, a, a sack fumble or a pick six. And then next thing you know, the Jags are up you know, 23-9, to nine, and this spread is ruined. Um, so, you know, I just don't have that much faith in the Jaguars' offense being able to push around the Jets' defense that much. If Marcus May is healthy, I think this, this you know, Jets' secondary looks very good against um, the Jaguars' passing offense. I think that, you know, the offensive line of the Jags won't be able to push around the Jets' D-line that much. I don't know how well, how, what at what percentage we're going to get Leonard Fournette. My concern isn't, you know... The Jets against the Jaguars defense, I think that, you know, we'll see another poor outing from Sam Darnold as well. I don't know if they'll be able to get things going well at all. The one thing that the Jags don't do well on defense is is stop the run, and I think the Jets have shown, you know, with Isaiah Crowell, Bilal Powell, that they can get the ball running. Um, they can use utilize the ground game to their advantage this week, but at the end of the day, um, I just don't know if the if the Jets can actually do anything through the air. Um, if you know, if Sam Darnold isn't on, I think that he's due for at least a few turnovers. I, I'm worried that this will be a close scoring game, and then Darnold will you know throw an interception, return for a touchdown, get sacked, fumble, return for a touchdown, um, and and ruin it. So I'm not putting a ton of money on. I'm picking the Jags to win, but I do think that Jets do cover from that seven and a half point spread. Moving on to an AFC East matchup, and this is one of the more interesting ones of the week. Definitely, it's the Dolphins at the Patriots. Of course, the Patriots are known for dominating the AFC East in the Tom Brady, Bill Belichick era. But this New England Patriots team is not the team that we've gone, we've been accustomed to. Um, if you're looking, you know, at the injury report, um, Dolphins didn't practice Frank Gore the other day. I'm not putting much into that. I think it was more of just a maybe an off day for some of the veterans um Amendola was a full participant um you know not too many concerns injury wise for the dolphins you're looking at the patriots and man they're banged up everywhere a lot of their draft picks um you know hitting the ir rex burkhead hit the ir pat chung was limited in practice this week josh gordon limited as well with gronk danny shelton this patriots team concerns me um I know I, I'm never going to say that I, I'm I'm right. I'm not going to go on air and say that the, the Patriots dynasty is over. But if there was ever a time to be concerned about the Patriots dynasty coming to its closing end, it, it, it's this week here and it's against this this Dolphins team who, you know, right now is 3-0 and and hasn't really shown any signs or any weak, glaring weaknesses on their roster. The one thing that the Patriots don't do well against is offenses that do what the New England offense does. New England likes to spread the ball around. They like to spread you out across the field, short pass game, and then break you through on some, you know, with speed on some deep routes. And I think that that's what Miami is capable of doing. They've got a lot of speedy guys at receiver. Um, You know, Kenyon Drake is a fast guy as well out of the backfield. And I think that this Patriots defense looks pretty bad. And, And, you know, another thing to take into account is Ryan Tannehill's deep ball has looked amazing this year. They're not going to take many shots down the field. Like I said, they're going to work that short passing game. And then eventually, once one of their guys slips past the secondary, Ryan Tannehill is going to find him, and it's going to be on point. Um, on the other side of things, of course, New England's offense, are we going to see Josh Gordon? Is he going to be activated? I hope so, the debut of Josh Gordon, to see what he does to that offense. Of course, no Rex Burkhead. Probably see more of James White, Sony Michelle. Um, hopefully they can get stuff going. But, you know, The thing is with the New England offense is that if you want to shut them down, just go all in on defending the pass. New England doesn't want to run the ball. They know that they're not going to be able to line up in the I formation and just you know wear you down with their offensive line and running game. They'll show a lot of sets with that. But if you're telling me that the New England's going to line up I formation first intent and they're not going to do a play action pass, and I think that's why you saw. Detroit, you know, handled them pretty easily last week. Is that they understood? You know, this New England team isn't one that's going to want to run. Let's just go all in on the pass. Let's not, you know, stack the box. Let's make sure that our receive that their receivers are kept in check. Let's double Gronk, and they came away with the win last week. So I'm actually going with the Dolphins covering the seven point spread of this week. Um, They're seven point underdogs in New England. I understand New England. You know, is they always do this? They start out slow and then eventually they figure things out. I don't think this is the week that they figure it out. I think that might, be, that might come later in the season. I understand. I, I do think that the Patriots will still win this game. I think that uh, the, the Dolphins will get their first loss of the year, but I don't think it's going to be by a margin of seven points or more. Um, I, I'm very confident that this will be a three, four-point game that's decided late in the fourth quarter. And I know I just spoke about every reason why that Miami should actually win this game. If you listen to anything I said over the last, you know, two minutes, it would make it sound like I think the Dolphins are going to blow out the Patriots. But at the end of the day, I have to put faith into the stars on the field. Um, Tom Brady's a stud. If Josh Gordon is playing, he can be a stud. Rob Gronkowski, the greatest tight end of all time. It's a good coaching battle. Adam Gase is a great head coach. I think he does a great job um, getting a lot out of his players. But Bill Belichick is Bill Belichick. Tom Brady is Tom Brady. And at the end of the day, I think they find a way to win. I don't think it'll be pretty. I think they'll look pretty bad again. And they'll show you why, that this is a team that you should be cautious about. But I think they walk away with a win. But I'm taking the Jets to cover the spread of seven points. Next up, we're going to Tennessee, where the Eagles are visiting the Tennessee Titans. Um, The line is set as Eagles are four-point favorites in Tennessee. Um, So you have to take into account that that they're seven-point favorites, essentially, if this was played at a neutral site. Um, Looking at the injury report, Michael Bennett did not participate in practice. Alshon Jeffrey did not as well. Ronnie McLeod, Darren Sproles, all of them did not participate. But then you look at the things for Tennessee. Blaine Gabbard also didn't participate. Rashad Matthews didn't participate. But it looks like Marcus Mariota was a full participant. No worries about him as well. Um, Same with Dory Jackson. Jack Conklin is back. This is an interesting game because, you know, a lot of people... Their takeaway from the Eagles-Colts game last week was, man, Eagles don't ha- don't have things right. They barely beat a Colts team that should that looks like one of the worst rosters on the field. And honestly, my takeaway from that game was, I think, more highly of the Colts than I do think low of the Eagles. I thought it was a, a good showing of the Colts being a better team than what we think, than the Eagles being a worse team than what we think. I think Carson Wentz... Looks great, and I think you put them on the field. And this is a team that should win. I'm picking the Eagles to win by more than four. I'm taking them um, to cover this spread. I just don't have much faith in the Tennessee offense, even even though I just listed you know a couple key injuries on the Eagles who didn't participate this week. I don't think anything can get going for Tennessee. Um, yes, their offensive line has been a little banged up, and hopefully with Jack Conklin coming back to play a little bit better, but. Marcus Mariota hasn't proven to me that he can, you know, he's capable of going out there on a weekly basis and, and showing up. He looks very inconsistent. He looks like he's still trying to figure out this offense. Um, defensively, I think they'll have a tough time guarding the running backs and tight ends. I think, you know, this. that's what Philadelphia does best. You saw it with Dallas Goddard, Zach Ertz. They use all their running backs in the passing game, and I don't think that, you know, at the end of the day – Tennessee will be able to shut down the offense. And on the flip side of things, I don't think Marcus Mariota can do much against this Philadelphia ten, uh, Philadelphia team. I think the Eagles win by about you know, a margin of 7-10. to 10. So taking them by 4, even though they're on the road, I think is a pretty safe bet this week. AFC South matchup this week between the Texans and the Colts. At Indianapolis, the Colts are favored by one point. Um, you, know, you look at the injury report for the Colts, it doesn't look good. Jack Doyle did not participate in practice again. Uh, neither did Quincy Wilson. Al Woods didn't participate. Um, Costanzo was limited. Malik Hooker was limited. Uh, Marlon Mack was limited. This team is a team that's been banged up this entire season and has still put out a good showing. But you look at um, the Titans and they they look fine at the, you know, a few guys were limited in practice this week. I'm not putting much into that. They look pretty healthy, but, you know, still haven't looked that great at all this season. Um, I'm taking the Colts. I'll just say it right now. I'm taking the Colts to win. Um, of course, you know, one-point favorites. So I, I, I think the Colts will win. I think they cover that. Um, at the end of the day, this is a little bit of a concerning bet, too. This isn't something I want to put a ton of faith in, just because the Houston Texans this season have looked like a second-half team. They don't start off great, but by the, by the end of the game, they make things close. And the Colts are a team that historically over the last two years have come into the fourth quarter with a lead and blown it. Um, so, you know, if this game is close... If it's a three-point game in the fourth quarter, I'm concerned about the Texans being able to make that comeback and the Colts just you know, screwing up a wet dream, essentially. But I think that the Colts will be able to t- attack the Houston defense well enough where they won't make things that close in the fourth quarter. And if you look at the Houston offense and you look at their offensive line and it's looked pretty bad, they do not want to face this Colts defensive line who you know has looked amazing. They broke through the Philadelphia offensive line. They broke through Cincinnati in week one, Washington in week two, Against some good offensive lines, Marcus Hunt, Jabal Sheard, the maniac rookie Darius Leonard, they've all handled those offensive lines pretty well. So if if you put them against one of the league's worst offensive lines in Houston, I know Deshaun Watson is a mobile quarterback. He can probably move around in the pocket and evade some of these guys. I just think that it's overpowering. Um, And I don't think you really need to worry about the secondary because the pass rush will be able to get to Deshaun Watson. I'm taking the Colts to win. I'll take them to cover. And I don't think that it'll be... Um, That worrisome if you put some money on it at the end of the day because I think by the fourth quarter the Colts will have a fair enough lead where even a Texans second half comeback comes up short. Looking for their second win against the NFC North in back-to-back weeks, the Bills are traveling to Green Bay to take on the Packers. Of course, the Packers were humiliated a week ago by the Washington Redskins. Um, It was an ugly game in D.C., poor weather conditions. Um, And then on the flip side of things, you know, Josh Allen balled out against the Vikings teams that I already spoke about at the beginning of this episode was kind of Kirk Cousins playing down to his opponent, and they got blanked. Um, They got crushed by the Bills. Of course, this Bills team is one of the worst rosters in football, and, you know, Lorenzo Alexander did not participate in practice. Neither did Charles Clay, Philip Gaines, or uh, excuse me, Phillip Gaines did participate, but he also didn't get Kyle Williams, Charles Clay, Lorenzo Alexander. Um, and then on the flip side of things, you know, you lose Muhammad Wilkerson. That's a devastating blow. Nicholas Perry didn't participate. Um, and, you know, Aaron Rodgers was limited, but Aaron Rodgers is going to play on Sunday. They're just not going to really throw him out there in the middle of the week because they know how bad that injury is. Packers are favored by nine and a half points and I'm taking that I'm taking Green Bay at home um, you know I think that the bills might be riding too high on this win and I think that you know when you get an emotional win like that a desperate win you can come up short the next week and I think the Packers will go out there and try to make a statement after losing to uh, to the pa- the Redskins excuse me and then also tying the Vikings earlier in the season. I think that the Packers really want to get out there and get a good quality win, um, and I think that they'll be able to handle the Bills just fine. I think that Josh Allen had a great game. I'm not sure if he'll be able to have as much success. I think he kind of caught Minnesota off guard and took advantage of the opportunity. Um, the Packers, by 9.5, I've got that as, you know, as a pretty safe bet this week. Moving on to one of my more intriguing matchups of the week, the Lions are traveling to Dallas to take on the Cowboys. The Lions are three-point underdogs. Um and, you know, looking at the injuries, Ziggy Anta didn't participate in practice this week. For the Cowboys, they didn't have Malik Collins pres- uh, Malik Collins, participate, neither did Travis Frederick or Sean Lee. And if you're the Cowboys and you don't have Sean Lee, you better watch out because opposing teams have a free will, a free pass to run amok when Sean Lee isn't on that field. And I think what you saw from Detroit against New England is they're starting to figure out this offense. That was the biggest thing. When... Matt Patricia came in and took over. This offense got a whole new change. It's no longer just a free will. Matt Ryan's going to run around and, and make plays here and there. It's a more structured offense. It's an offense run um, professionally, I guess. It's it, you know it's it's a more um, structured offense. And I think that for the first few weeks, it was the Lions were trying to figure this out. It was like, oh, Matt Ryan, I, I'm Matt Ryan, and I don't have to run around twenty times a game to make plays here and there for our offense to stay afloat. And I think that he's finally getting a grasp of the way this offense is running. And I think you saw that last week when they, you know, easily took care of the Patriots. So now they travel to Dallas, and Dallas doesn't have Sean Lee. And I think that the Lions will be able to run the ball this well. I'm taking the Lions not just to cover the three point spread, I'm taking the Lions to beat Dallas on the road. I just, I, I've got a lot of concerns um, about the Cowboys offense defensively. I think that they've got a pretty good team. A stout D line, but of course it's banged up, and if you don't have Sean Lee, that's a big concern as well. But on the flip side of things, this passing offense—it just—it looks miserable. I don't have faith in Dak Prescott. Um, I think that the the just as the Detroit offense is figuring things out on the ways to operate in their new system, I think the defense is slowly figuring that out as well. And I think what you're going to see is a big game from Darius Slay. Um, I think that this is a this is a Dallas offense that really has nowhere to go. Um, and I think they're going to lose it at home. I'm taking the Lions to cover the three-point spread and beat the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday. Up next, we've got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers traveling to Chicago to face the Bears, the Bears' three-point favorites at home. Um, looking at the injury reports, the Buccaneers did not have any participation from Bo Allen at D-tackle. Limited was Vita Vea, Marcus Williams, Gerald McCoy. Um, and then for the Chicago Bears, they're really not that banged up, aside from Prince of Mucamara didn't participate, Marcus Cooper as well. Um, but you know, for, you know, you know, you look at the list of guys and, and they seem relatively healthy. I don't understand why the bears aren't favored by more. Um, they were given the three point home favorites. So it's essentially, if it was at a neutral side, it'd be a pick em. This Chicago's bear, this, this bears team is the best team that the Buccaneers are going to face this season. I know the, the the Steelers have a very impressive roster, but just as a whole, this is the most talented team the Bucks are going to face, um, since the season began. You know, you look at their defense, Khalil Mack, Defensive Player of the Year, Defensive MVP candidate. Um, They've got studs on every level of the field, Roquan Smith, the secondary with Kyle Fuller. they got a good team defensively, and I think they're going to do a pretty good job shutting down, um, you know, the Buccaneers. I know the Buccaneers love to take deep shots. I don't think they'll be able to. I don't think they'll get those long touchdowns. I don't think that that's a sustainable way to find success offensively. Um, I think they've gotten lucky the past few weeks with some of their long touchdowns. And I know things haven't looked pretty for Mitchell Trubisky offensively, but I think this will, they'll play a more conservative, conservative style of offense, more run heavy against the Buccaneers. I know the Buccaneers have a talented front seven, but I think that that'll set up for the play action. I you know I think that if you run Jordan Howard early in the game, you'll establish the play action, and I like the receiving weapons, and I, I will put faith in the offensive scheme to kind of make up for uh, to, for Mitchell Trubisky's shortcomings, um, and I think that the Bears. Should easily win this game, I think they win by more than three um, i 've got the Bears over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. next game we 've got the Bengals visiting Atlanta to take on the Falcons. The Falcons are four point favorites in this game. Um, you know this is another game that I, I mentioned it a few times before i 'm going to bet on the game i 'm not going to put a lot of money into this. There are a few things that scare me. Both teams are severely banged up. You know the Bengals don 't have joe mixon don 't have Billy Price. The Falcons, of course, have already lost four starters for the rest of the season, including both of their starting safeties. Um, you are in Atlanta, and last week, you know, the Bengals had a good showing against Carolina. Atlanta, of course, fell to the Saints in overtime, but, the you know, Matt Ryan played a beautiful game. At the end of the day, I'm going to side with the Falcons. I am going to take them to win by more than four. Um, I don't have a ton of faith in this just because I think that the the Cincinnati passing offense can you know take some big shots against a banged up atlanta secondary now a secondary that doesn't look that great Um, i think it'll be a high scoring game i just don't know if the bengals will be able to keep scoring and scoring and scoring to keep up with atlanta because i think atlanta will have a pretty easy day against um you know this this bengals defense they're at home they want to win after losing to to new orleans like they did in overtime and i think they'll come out aggressive from the start the red zone offense has looked so much better Since week one, I think they'll be able to handle pretty easily. And, you know, even if the Bengals do have a great offensive showing, I think Atlanta won't, you know, keep off the gas pedal. And I think they'll go full 60 minutes offensively attacking this Bengals defense. And I think they'll walk away with, you know, at least a six or seven point victory against Cincinnati. Up next, and I think this is one of the easiest picks of the week, you've got the Seahawks taking on the Cardinals in Arizona. Seahawks favored by three points, and I think this is a pretty game, just pretty easy game to summarize. Cardinals, one of the worst teams in football. Seahawks have Russell Wilson. I know they're banged up. They don't have a great offensive line. They never have. They've never had a great running game since Marshawn Lynch left. Of course, Doug Baldwin is hurt. Um, the defense is missing a few guys. Earl Thomas, though, has looked great to start the year. I don't really need to spend that much time discussing this game. I think the Seahawks easily win by more than three. Um, I don't believe that the Cardinals will get much offensively. I know this, you know, Josh Rosen's first game as a starter. They'll be very aggressive. They'll try and keep things close. But at the end of the day, I don't think that the Cardinals' defense will be able to, you know, keep Russell Wilson contained. I believe that this is a game that if you have, uh, if you have Tyler Lockett in your fantasy leagues, I'd put him in there. I think he's guaranteed for at least one long touchdown on the day. Um, And I I just think the Seahawks will keep rolling from last week. Um, You know, they might want to, you know, it it didn't look pretty against Dallas throughout the entire game. I think they'll want to fix some things and really just come out against their, you know, division rival and put on a good showing. I've got the Seahawks easily winning by more than three in Arizona. Browns Raiders in one of the more intriguing matchups of the week. Of course, Baker Mayfield's first start of his NFL career going in to take... Going to Oakland to take on the winless Raiders, of course, headed by Derek Carr and John Gruden. Right now, I've got the line that the Browns are three-point underdogs to the Raiders, so essentially a pick'em if they were at a neutral site. This game's extremely um, interesting. I'm gonna, I'm gonna love watching this game. I think that the Browns have a a really good defense, a stout defense. Miles Garrett has looked brilliant this year, and I'm really excited to see what they do on offense. I think with Baker in there instead of Tyrod. I think you're going to see a lot more of David and Joku. I think you're seeing see more of Jarvis as well. Um, they won't really... I think it'll be a lot of, um, you know, working in the middle of the field. I think it won't be as many deep shots to Callaway or like we saw in the first few games with Tyrod in at quarterback. Um, you know, the Raiders I just have so many questions about. They're a team that this so far this year has, you know, looked good in the first half. Then the second half somehow screwed up. I think Derek Carr... Is at least due for one screw up or one big mess up a game, and I think that that'll be the the deciding factor. And I think the Browns actually win this game. Um, I'm going to take the Browns to cover the three point spread. I'm going to take them to win in Oakland, and I think you know you're going to get Baker's first career win as a starter. Things are going to be looking up in Cleveland after two straight wins, and you know I don't have faith in this coaching staff to put on a winning season, but I think you know you got a lot of talent on that roster, and so they'll be able to take advantage of some of these, you know, empty teams like the, the Raiders are defensively. Um, I think the Browns win. I think they get their second win of the season and put the Raiders to 0-4 and, and Jersey's burning in the city of Oakland. Now to my favorite game of the week and it's just because I love <laughs> I love a lot of the guys on both of these teams. We've got the Saints visiting the Giants in New York. Of course, the Saints coming off of that overtime win in it, uh, against the Falcons. And then the Giants, of course, holding on, fighting away that uh, second half comeback from the Texans and getting their first win of the season. Right now, the Saints are favored by three and a half points in New York. And if there was a game to, you know, easily take the over on, you got to, I mean, you could put all your money on the Saints and Giants hitting the over. Um, Both teams haven't looked amazing defensively. I think that the Giants have looked better on defense than the Saints have. The Saints look atrocious on defense. And it's kind of back to the the ways of the Saints the last few years instead of what we got from last year. Marshawn Lattimore looks in a bit of a sophomore slump, um, hasn't looked as shut down as we saw last year, but at the end of the day, I'm going to go with the Saints. I'm going to go with the Saints to win by more than three and a half. Um, I I like the Saints' offensive weapons more. I, I think their offensive line is much better than the Giants. I think that the Giants' Won't be able to get that much from Eli. I know he looked okay against Houston. I still have so many concerns when it comes to Eli running this offense. I think that you will get some big plays. I think you'll get a you know a, an Odell taking a slant route for a touchdown. You might get um, an outside rush from Saquon Barkley to the house, but I think everything that the Giants do offensively, the Saints will be able to answer. Michael Thomas, a great number one wide receiver. Kamara, of course, out of the backfield, and Drew Brees and Sean Payton will execute a game plan to win. Um, I've I've got the Saints winning by more than three and a half. I've got them covering that spread. Uh, The Giants, of course, moving to one and three on the season. Hopefully, they'll be able to turn things around later in the year, but the Saints getting two quality wins in back-to-back weeks on the road. Now we go to the biggest spread there, the biggest line of the week, the 49ers visiting the L.A. Chargers. Chargers are favored by 10.5 points. Of course, the 49ers have injuries all over. Um, Richard Sherman out. Their two starting safeties are questionable or out. And, of course, he lost Jimmy G um, for the, the rest of the season after he you know, looked pretty good um, in the last two weeks. It seemed like he was kind of getting back into the feel of things in that offense. But, of course, you lose him for the rest of the year. This team is extremely banged up. Of course, the Chargers defensively haven't looked amazing. You know, they're still missing Joey Bosa for what seems to be now until week eight or nine. Um, so you, you, you hate to see that, you know, probably their best player defensively out for so long. Um, of course, linebackers, D-tackles haven't looked great as well. Um, you know, the Chargers are starting to figure things out offensively. Mike Williams has really come into his own in his second year, fully healthy now. Um, Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler I think are a really good running back tandem and I think Philip Rivers is you know as as consistent as they come when you've got a quarterback under center defensively for the 49ers I don't think that they'll be able to stop this aerial attack from uh, the Chargers I know they've got a ton of offensive weapons there Um, I know winning by you know more than 10 and a half is a lot to get but I do believe that the Chargers at home will be able to do that against the 49ers. Um, you know, I, I don't think that the 49ers will be able to put up much offensively. I think Matt Breida, also, um, if he's out by Sunday, if it's announced by Sunday that he's out, or if he doesn't play on Sunday, I think that's, you know, the nail in the coffin for this game. Um, I think that the Chargers will be able to handle whatever the. 49ers bring offensively, even though they're a little banged up. And I think that the Chargers' offense really gets rolling this week and carries on some of the momentum that they picked up last week. I know they lost to the Rams, but I thought what you saw from their offense was pretty good. And I think that this is a team that, when they get rolling on offense and when they get healthy on defense, is a true contender, one of the better teams in football, especially in the AFC. I've got the Chargers winning, I've got them winning. You know, at least by a touchdown and a field goal. I, I took them to win by 10.5. I know it's a lot of points to get, but I don't think that the 49ers will be able to do much without all of their injuries. I've got the Chargers winning and moving to five hundred on the season. Sunday night football, and we've got a classic. The Ravens traveling to Pittsburgh to take on the Steelers. Of course, the Steelers uh, coming off a, a very crucial win for their team um, last week against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I've got the line right now at Steelers favored by three points against this Baltimore team that looked pretty good against Denver last week, and this looked very strong to start this year. I, you know, before the season began, I said that the Steelers would win this division. I thought they'd have the best record in the AFC, and then the Ravens would also get a wild card spot. These are two of the better teams in the AFC and in all of football, um, and I think that this will be a pretty close game. I think that the Ravens match up really well uh, defensively against the Steelers. Of course, the Steelers really haven't looked great defensively at all this year. I mean they let Tampa Bay come back in that second half. I've got a lot of questions and concerns about their defense. It seems to just have fallen apart so far this year. I thought they looked really good in the preseason so I'm kind of actually disappointed from what we've seen from them so far this year. I think that the Ravens are the better roster but I'm gonna side with the Steelers in this one. I think that they'll cover, I think that they'll win by more than three at home Sunday night football. I just, I think that offensively, it's going to be tough to stop them. And I think that even if you get, you know, the Ravens, even if they put out a good showing offensively, I think you'll you'll get a turnover, an interception from Joe Flacco or a fumble. I just think that the Ravens will find a way to screw this game up. And I think that they'll fall to the Steelers at home. I think the Steelers are more desperate for a win now than the Ravens are. Of course, they picked up a, a necessary win on Monday night. But if they can get this, get their second win of the year, I think that that'll mean an enormous amount for this team moving forward. I think that they're one of the better teams in football, of course, as I've said. Of course, you know, Antonio Brown, Juju Smith-Schuster, we've seen a lot from the receivers. I think we'll see that again. I think they'll be able to break through it. It won't be, you know, deep shots after deep shot after deep shot, but I think they'll be able to work the middle of the field, get the receivers involved early, and, um, you know, Big Ben has looked great this year. You know, of course, week one, weather conditions in Cleveland, it didn't look that great, but since then he's looked amazing, I'm going to put my faith in a Big Ben winning this game against the Ravens. I've got the Steelers winning by more than three, and I, I feel like that's a pretty safe bet to put on. And our last game of the week, Monday Night Football, the red-hot Kansas City Chiefs with my favorite quarterback, my the love of my life, Pat Mahomes, traveling to Denver to take on the Broncos, who were just beat by the Ravens last week in Baltimore. Right now the Chiefs are favored by five points, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm rolling with the team that's red hot. I understand the Broncos have a really great roster. They've got a good defense. Case Keenum has looked pretty good. Um, you know, if you get a full game out of Philip Lindsay, as long as he doesn't get ejected for throwing punches again, the running offense should be just fine. Um, I like the receivers. The, the Broncos are the better roster, but no one is stopping the Chiefs. And I'm, I'm not going to bet against the Chiefs. I, I thought that they would, you know, come up short against San Francisco last week. Not not lose the game, but I thought it'd be closer than it was. It doesn't look like anyone can stop Andy Reid, Pat Mahomes with Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Sammy Watkins, Kareem Hunt, Spencer Ware. This team is unstoppable. Defensively, not that great. I don't think that they're, they're great at all, but I think that at the end of the day, it, it's kind of like the vibe that you get from the Atlanta team from a few years ago, where it's like, if you can't score 45 points, you're not going to beat them. And right now, I don't believe that the Broncos are at that point to win or to put up that many points. Um, I like the weapons that they have, but I don't believe that they'll be able to keep up with the intensity of Kansas City. And I'm going to take the Chiefs to win by more than five in Denver on Monday Night Football. So that wraps it up, um, all my picks for this week. Um, My winners of the week, who I think are going to win the games, just because I know that can be a little confusing when you know betting against the spread, covering the spread as well. I believe that the Jaguars will beat the New York Jets. I believe that the Patriots will be a close, uh, you know, a tough Dolphins team. I think they'll barely win against Miami. I got the Eagles over the Titans. The Colts winning at home against the Texans. The Packers avenging last week's loss against the Bills. The Lions going to Dallas and beating the Cowboys. I've got the Bears handling the Bucks fairly easily. I've got the Falcons beating the Bengals. The Seahawks easily winning in Carolina or in Arizona. Um, I've got the Browns getting their second win of the year against Oakland. I've got the Saints beating the Giants in New York in a high-scoring game. I believe the Chargers just manhandle the 49ers at home and get their second win of the year. Steelers will eventually outshoot the Ravens and win by, uh, you know, and win on Sunday Night Football. And then the red-hot Chiefs—I'm not betting against them. I've got them beating the Broncos fairly easily. At the end of all these betting shows, I'm going to give you my five locks for the week. Um, of course, you know, I'm a, I'm a betting man now, and I, I want to give you my locks, the picks that I feel most comfortable in making because some of these games, of course, are shaky. Um, the first one I'm going to make my lock is the Dolphins covering the spread against the Patriots. It, it, it'll be closer than a seven-point game. Um, I'm going to take the Colts winning by more than one at home. I'm going to take the Packers winning by at least 10 against the Buffalo Bills. The Bills have one of the worst rosters in football. Um I'm going to take the Bears winning by more than three against the Buccaneers. And my fifth lock, the Seahawks winning by more than three against the Cardinals. So my lock's right there. Dolphins losing by less than seven. Colts winning by more than one. Packers winning by ten. Bears winning by more than three. And the Seahawks winning by more than three as well. That'll bring us to the end of the show. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed the show this week. We will be back on Monday talking more about, uh, you know, recapping the Sunday games, previewing Monday night football. Those are my picks. I hope you make some money. I hope I make some money. I really need to make some. I I lost. I made a few stupid baseball bets earlier in the week, and oh, man, am I low on my account. Um, make sure to follow me on Twitter, at Blake Andrew Pace. Check out my YouTube content. I've got a top 10 ranking. Every week I call it Blake's Big Ten, the top 10 teams in the NFL, depending on what happened last week. So make sure to check out all of that. Make sure to listen to this show, share it, share it with your friends. Hopefully they can make some money off some gambling as well. We will catch you on Monday recapping all of Sunday's games. Enjoy the weekend of football and we'll see you next week.